All right, Chabot, say good. All right, Jabo, say good morning. Let us begin. I want to begin, first of all, by thanking the sponsors for this morning's breakfast. To thank. I actually have it here. I'm sorry. To thank Matt and Diane Marks for dedicating the breakfast this morning to commemorate the yard site of Matt's mother, Sarah Pesha, Bas Moshe Mordechai. We hope that in the merit of our Tamu Torah, the Brachas, that the Neshama should have an Aliyah and the family a Nechama. And also with that, let us begin. So I apologize in advance. Unfortunately, there's something that came up this morning that's going to cause this year to be a little bit shorter than I had originally planned. Um, so we'll try to maximize the couple of minutes that we have. But I've come to see that Baruch Hashem, there's an interest in these type of shiurim, or it's just an interest in the breakfast, and I, I'm, I'm like the background music. I'm not sure exactly. But either, either way, either way, it's good. So what I'd like to hopefully try to do also is, in Yeretz Hashem in the future, to try to schedule more of the shiurim, maybe on a Sunday, <clears throat> upcoming legal holidays. Good. So remember again, last week we started the interesting topic of Gezeros Dirabonon, and trying to figure out specifically under what circumstances does rabbinic law remain on the books and under what circumstances does it fall off in the event that the reason is no longer valid. So we're operating really under the construct of Rav Herschel Schachter, who really advanced a fascinating idea, really, a really interesting idea, namely that the concept of Dine de Rabbanon depends on how the rabbis legislated their laws. If they built in reasoning into the law, that indicates to us that they only mean the law to be on the books as long as the reason is valid. The moment that the reason no longer applies, the halacha kind of just falls off by itself. And how does it fall off? There's no repealing mechanism, right? There's no, there's no particular way in which to go ahead and remove the halacha. The halacha just falls off by itself. Versus when Chazal make a blanket law, they do not give a reason. That indicates to us that they mean it to remain on the books even if the understood reason falls away. Now, of course, even with that type of rabbinic law, there is a mechanism of repealing that law, and that's called a Dover Shevet Anything that was enacted by a rabbinic body can go ahead and be repealed by a subsequent rabbinic body of greater number and wisdom. We saw one exception to this rule, which is when Chazal go ahead and legislate a halacha that uproots biblical law. Right? We saw examples of this, right? The paradigmatic example of this is Zer de Rabbah. Rabbah says you don't take the lulav on Shabbos, you don't go and blow the shofar on Shabbos. Whenever Chazal institute a law that uproots biblical law, they must give a reason. They must give a reason. There is no choice with that. Otherwise, again, it just has the appearance that they're uprooting biblical law for no particular reason. So we'll say, so with that, I want to, we're going to focus really, I know that, that we had a number of, of, of cases that we wanted to focus on today. I wanted to cover medicine, swimming, and kidneys. And then I realized, come on, who am I kidding? I'm not covering medicine. But if it was three hours, maybe. We're just actually going to focus on one today, which is medicine. I owe you ki- kidneys. I figure we have a little bit of time in here, Sashem, to, uh, to get to. It's a good topic that we'll have to get to before Pesach. And swimming, unless you have an indoor pool also, I think we have a, a little bit of time in Mir Sashem until we get to that. So we'll focus on medication on Shabbos. So if you take a look at number four, I'm sorry, I apologize. The source sheet got a little bit messed up, so my apologies for that. But it's source number 41, which is page, it's marked page 11. This is what happens when I try to do things without my office staff. It doesn't, uh, doesn't really work out well. In any event, so source number 41. Kala ochlim ochl adam lerefua vachala mashkin shosa. 
Chutz mimei dekalim akos ikrin. So in general, there is a gezira, there is a prohibition about taking medicine on Shabbos. Now, that is a very general statement. We're going to define, we're going to define the parameters of that. But in general, there is a prohibition to go ahead and take medicine on Shabbos. What the Mishnah says, now before we get into why that is, the Mishnah says, however, it doesn't apply to eating foods which may have a medicinal impact. So in other words, let's say there's a particular food that has a medicinal, a medicinal benefit to it. I'm allowed to eat that food on Shabbos because it doesn't have the appearance that I'm engaging in medicinal healing. It just has the appearance that what? What am I doing? I'm eating. I'm eating. Says the Gemara says, You could eat whatever foods you want, drink whatever you want. Now, if there are specific foods that are only consumed for medicinal purposes, no one ever eats this. No one ever eats this except for medicinal purposes. I was thinking about examples like this. I've seen like cod liver oil, right? I don't know, do people eat, uh, I'm sorry? Broccoli. <laughs> Broccoli. <laughs> Good, well said. See, that's, 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 really, that's the teenager in you still. Right? So there, if there's a certain food, all right, you can fill in your own blank, right? So you, right? Certain foods that a person would never eat except for medicinal purposes, those can't be consumed on Shabbos. Fine. So that's the first halacha that the Gemara introduces us to. So the Gemara gives another example of this. Adam she'ochei achsodam. So this is actually interesting. Remember, from a Talmudic perspective, let's say a person, achsodam means a person has some type of blood disorder that often manifested itself in a fever. So what should you do if a person has a fever on Shabbos? You could soak in a pool of cold water in order that you bring your body temperature down. Ula says, Amar Ula, no, you can't go ahead and bathe in a pool of cold water to bring your fever down because there's a concern that you may come to grind herbs. Ultimately, again, the Gemara says, no, it's not a problem because since it would be common for a person to go and to immerse themselves in a pool of water anyway on Shabbos to cool down and say, it's a hot day, it's a hot day, it's a hot Shabbos, I just want to go into a pool of water just to sit there, just to cool down, that would be common for a person to do so. Therefore, Allah Chalamai says, it's not a problem on Shabbos. Leaving aside the cooling down, what I, what I want to draw your attention to is the Gemara introduces that phrase, Gzeira Mishum Schikas Samimonim. There's a Gzeira, there's a rabbinic decree, Lest you come, schika, someone means the grinding of herbs. Rashi says over here, number 44, Rashi says, Why did the rabbis say that you can't engage in forms of medicinal healing on Shabbos? What's the problem? The concern is that you may come to grind herbs on Shabbos in order to make a remedy. He says, the Isharis Shum if you would allow any type of healing on Shabbos, Asi Lemishrei Schika Samimanim, Vahu Isura Da Oraisa Da Havitochen. And I will say, what's the problem with grinding herbs on Shabbos? Well, grinding is one of the 39 Malachos. Tochen. Tochen. Remember again, where was Tochen done in the Mishkan? Because that's where all the Malachos come from. Where was Tochen done in the Mishkan? By the grain. Well, it was actually done in two places. By the lechem him, right? To make the showbread, you have to grind grain in order to make flour, in order to make, right? In order to make bread. And also by the dyes, by the dyes that were used to color the curtains. Salach again, 
there was the grinding up of the grinding up of herbs in order to make the dyes. In order to make the dyes. So what we're introduced over here is as follows. Therefore, Chazal said, you cannot engage in any form of medicinal healing on Shabbos. It's a rabbinic prohibition lest you come to violate the biblical prohibition of tochen, the biblical prohibition of grinding. Okay, so we'll say, how does this translate in halacha? So the truth is, we're not, we'll, we'll, we'll dabble a little bit in the medicine of it. If you take a look at number 45, therefore the Shulchan Aruch says, So we'll say, let's first obviously take off the table what we're not talking about. So what are we not talking about? right? A person is in, a person has a life-threatening health, health uh, condition, you do what you have to do to take care of your health, right? That, that's, that's obvious. Not only that, even a potentially precarious situation, you take care of that. So where does this halacha really come up? Take a look at number 45. We actually had this in cover not so long ago. Let's say, well, say someone has a michosh ba'alma. How would you translate michosh ba'alma? Right? A headache. Right? I, I don't feel well. I don't feel well, right? He says, it's interesting. Us, he says, kibari. Holy kibari means, I, it's interesting, contemporarily, you know, how would you translate Mechosh Ba'ama? You know, Omicron, right? That's right. You know, you, 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 right? you, get, you, you get a cold. You get, you're going to get a cold. Baruch if you're, if you're a healthy individual. In other words, that Mechosh Ba'ama means, I don't feel well. I don't feel well, but I'm fine. I'm fine. In other words, I'm, I'm going to work. I'm, I'm, I'm continuing my activities of daily living. The, the, the sickness, the illness, has not at all debilitated me. I'm fine. That, that's why, that's what you're In other words, if you were to look at me, externally, I look just fine. Like there's nothing wrong. So therefore, again, but I have a headache. I have a headache, or I'm just, I'm not feeling well. You know, I have a cold, I have this. So the says, You're not allowed to take any form of medicinal healing in a situation like this. Can't even have it even administered by a non-Jew. Why? says it because we're afraid that you're going to go ahead and come to grind herbs in order to make your medicine. So we'll say. So what's the obvious shaila? We don't grind herbs, right, to make our own medicines today. And the truth is, even if everybody, if even if somebody were to give you all the herbs necessary to grind in order to go out and make your medicine, you have absolutely no idea. And or unless a person is a pharmacist or a person is a doctor and they know these things, but Pepashtos, a regular person, is not going to know what to do. So here's a perfect example. We understand why Chazal legislated what they did. I understand the piece of legislation, right, because once upon a time, people did make their own remedies. And I also understand that now, the reason that Chazal gave for this prohibition does not seem to be in effect any longer. Therefore, the logical conclusion would be you could take medicine on Shabbos. So let's analyze this a little bit because what is the contemporary halacha? So let's say, so take a look. Take a look at number 47. See, I quoted to you again from Nefesh Harav is a safer written again by Herschel Schachter where he compiled a lot of the, you know, Rabbi Soloveitchik, Rabbi Soloveitchik, Sadik Livracha, did not commit things to writing. That's why I always, always, always joke, like, you know, every year there's a new book from the Rav. He's been gone more than two decades, but he's still putting out works. It's incredible. Hey, him and the Lubavitcher Rebbe, right? The two, I'll say, so what, what, what I'll point out over here is something very interesting. Rabbi Soloveitchik, Rabbi Soloveitchik did not really commit things to writing. And the reason for that was the Rav felt that thought is a constantly evolving process, 
right? And the way you go ahead and you view an issue, now I don't mean like from a halachic perspective, per se. I mean more from like a philosophic idea, right? The way you see things, the way you see a sugya in Gemara, the way you see a hashkafa, the way you see something philosophical, it evolves. We know this from ourselves, right? The way we look at different issues as we get older and enter into different stages of life, it changes, it changes. So as a result, the Rav was often very reticent to, to put down things. And the Rav didn't see himself as a posek either. He saw himself as a Rosh Hashiva. So certainly in the realm of Piske Halacha, in Piske Halacha, um, they didn't, you know, it's interesting now at, uh, at the Yeshiva at the Yeshiva part of Yeshiva University, they're actually working on putting together like a Shulchan Aruch with the Piske Halacha of Rabbi Salavejik. Because he had so many Piske Halacha, but weren't really, weren't really recorded. So Nefesh Harav, so... Rav Shechter, Rav Shechter goes ahead and records many of the interesting piske halacha of the Rav. So look what he writes over here. It's very interesting. The introduction is interesting as well. He says, 47, hamodarniyim. So, okay, I, this is one, one of the modern rabbis. I don't, know, I don't know who he's referring to or whatever it might be. Hitfis ma'amarbo, hishtabech ba'atzmo, so this particular, this particular rabbi was publicizing, he wrote down a tshuva and he was publicizing the fact that he was very proud that he permitted his balabatim to take medicine on Shabbos. Why? Why? He says, He says, so the truth is here, he's bringing up another sugya that we have to put on our list, which is the halachos of clapping and dancing on Shabbos, which according to the Gemara really should be usher. Really should be usher. Gezerah shami yitakein kleishir. Out of a concern that you may come to go ahead and fix instruments. We'll have to put that on the list. In any event, the point that, that Rav Shechter is making over here is, is that somebody came out and they said, look, the prohibition on medicines, on medicinal healing, should not apply anymore. And it's simple. It's, the truth is, it seems to be a very compelling argument. At the end of the day, Chazal said, you can't take medicine because we're afraid you're going to grind herbs. That concern doesn't really seem to be in existence anymore. And therefore, by definition, it should be mutter. So look what he writes. Ms. So Rav Shachter says, I remember how Rabbi Salavechik got so angry when he heard about what this rabbi did. So ultimately, again, he got very upset. He got very upset at this balabayas who allowed his, at, at this rov, who allowed his balabas to take medicine on Shabbos and Yom Tov. So here's what's interesting. Rav Shechter records Rabbi Soloveitchik as saying this was an incorrect psak, an incorrect psak. But what he doesn't include is what? Is what? Why? <laughs> I don't know. It seems like a pretty cogent argument. Chazal told you why they're prohibiting something, right? The reason no longer applies. We've seen already last week sure that the construct is when the reason doesn't apply, the halacha doesn't apply. So what's wrong? Yes? So grinding is allowed for food preparation, but not necessarily for medicinal healing. In other words, the gezerah of refuah still applies on Yom Tiv. So you could grind, you could grind for Ochel Nefesh. But remember again, in general, the halachos on Yom Tiv 
don't, there's not like a blanket uh, heter to do any malacha that's related to ochal nafesh. It still has to be framed within what we'll call a normative yamtiv need. So because the gzera of refuah still applies on yamtiv, the gzera of grinding for medicine will still apply as well. So what you have over here is, so you, I just want to point out what's happening over here. You have the Shulchan Aruch saying, medicine is still Asran Shabbos. You have similar Rabbi Salavechik saying, medicine is still Asran Shabbos. But yet, what we don't understand is why. In other words, no one has advanced a compelling reason as to why, if no one's grinding their own medicine, why should it be Asran Shabbos? So we'll say, turn the page. We're gonna, there's more ahead of what we're going to do, but I just want to show something interesting. If you look over here, the Tzitz Eliezer. So the Tzitz Eliezer, we'll say, was Rav Eliezer Waldenberg. Rav Eliezer Waldenberg was a contemporary posig. You know, the Tzitz Eliezer was best known, his most dramatic psak is that he allowed women to terminate Tay-Sachs pregnancies. This was a very, very, very big thing. Because we know that, again, in general, in halacha, so, so abortion is not permitted even in a situation where the baby, you know, chas shalom is not going to survive. There's a whole discussion about, you know, if the mother can't handle it, things like that. So the Tzitz Eliezer allowed for the, allowed women to terminate Tay-Sachs pregnancies because he felt that it was such a clearly non-viable pregnancy. It didn't have even the din of a, of a child shal kayama. So this was, you know, but the Tzitz Eliezer was a voluminous writer and posing volumes and volumes and volumes. So the Tzitz Eliezer writes as follows. So he deals with this shayla. 48, so 48, section Aleph. So the Tzitzel says, look, there are forms of medicine today that literally a, a, a private citizen does not, could not make. In other words, I would, say, I, I would venture to say that there's not a, a common person, quote-unquote, can't make an Advil. Right? I would venture to say, right? These are pharmaceuticals, right? These are, these are highly technical drugs. So even if somebody gave you all of the ingredients to know what proportions, to know how to do it, to know what to this, you can't do that. So it says, it's not the pshat that people don't grind. It's the pshat that even if somebody were to give you everything you need, there's a malacha. There's a skill that's involved in it that most people don't possess. So the Tzitz Eliezer says, if, this is fascinating, he says that if you have a type of medicine that a common person would not be able to make, it should be unequivocally mutter to take it on Shabbos. What the Tzitz Eliezer is highlighting over here is as follows. It's not only that we don't grind herbs for medicines. He's saying there's something even more compelling. Even if you were a grinder, right? You've got your mortar and your pestle. You're ready. You're ready to make medicine. The Tzitzel says the nature of pharmaceuticals today is that they're not going to be produced in your kitchen, right? They're not going to be produced with your mortar and your pestle. There's so much intricacy, right, that goes into it that the common man simply can't replicate that type of medicinal healing. Tzitzel says based on that, based on that, Ultimately, again, it should be motor to take medicine. Paragraph base. He says, mm-hmm. 
Furthermore, it says, it says, it says, well, maybe you'll say, well, there are some people who could do it. I don't know. Maybe a pharmacist could go ahead and make medicine at home. Maybe a doctor could go ahead and make medicine at home. You know, maybe they know how to construct these different things at home. That's not the majority. That's not the majority. That's a miyot, right? That's a minority of people. And halacha is not governed based on the minority. Halacha is governed based on the majority. But look what he says in paragraph Gimel. And this is incredible. He says... He quotes over here. Listen to this. The Tzitz Eliezer himself seems to really paskin that medicine should be, taking medicine today should be Motoran Shabbos. There's, there's really shouldn't be a problem because at the end of the day, again, this seems to be black and white. Chazal made a gzera. They told you why the gzera is in effect. That really the reason no longer applies, and therefore it should be unequivocally mutter. But I will say, look what he writes, paragraph Dalit. This is fascinating. Mm-hmm. The truth is, says the Tzitz here's the problem. The problem is, it's very difficult to say it should actually be mutter. Why, now, why shouldn't it be mutter? Get ready for this. Kirabu od bikerev haidos hashonos shemishtamshim bam gam. Betrufos baisios. We'll say, what are trufos baisios? Homeopathic medicine. Homemade medicine. Homemade medicine. So Tzitzel says today, it's very popular that people use homeopathic or homemade medicine. Right? Things that people come up with in their own homes. He says, Sha'orchen osan ba'atzmom. Bofen shekayim shapir tam ha'gizir shalschika samimonim. So, va'od. He says, furthermore, sometimes, this is a side idea. He says, sometimes medicines come in the form of powders that you then have to go ahead and mix and mix and creating a mixture on Shabbos could create its own alachic issues, but we'll leave that on the side. So, so I just want to point out what's fascinating. Tzitz Eliezer wants to say that really, I think taking medicine on Shabbos should be mutter. What ruined the heter? What ruined the heter? Homeopathic and homemade remedies. He says it's becoming popular. And I will say that that was true. I was writing this 30, 40 years ago, right? All the more so, I think it's even more common, right? And more widespread now. So it's fascinating. So here the Tzitzeliers are saying, I really think that the Xera shouldn't apply. And I will say, just so you understand what that means is, what that means is that halacha lamaisa, halacha lamaisa, you know, so remember, Shukhanarach says, I have a headache. What can I do for my headache on Shabbos? I give him a headache on Shabbos? I don't know, meditate, you know, whatever, do yoga. You know, that, that's, that's Motor on Shabbos, right? But, but, you know, but you, you can't really take, you can't take your Advil on Shabbos. I'll talk about how you can in just a moment. You can't take your Advil. Tzitzel says, I really think you can. I really think you can. Because no one's grinding medicine. Then with the advent of homeopathic or home remedies, suddenly now again, people are grinding their herbs or doing, doing whatever else that they're doing, right? And halacha lamai. Grinding the herbs, I don't mean grinding the herbs as a metaphor, right? I mean grinding, right? And, and again, by the way, the truth is, it's probably true also with, with the legalization of medical marijuana as well. You, you have this, or the legalization of marijuana, right? You, you have this as well. It says, therefore, I really think the Xera remains intact. The Xera remains intact. So I will say, we were so close, so close to a heter. So I just want to point out, but, I, I, but what I will do is, 
I will put the tzitz Eliezer in the other categories. I think you have the Shulchanach and Rabbi Salavechik who say the Xerah still applies, but they don't tell us why it applies. The tzitz Eliezer telling us that really, in that period of time when people were not making their own medicine, really the Xerah doesn't apply, it really doesn't apply, but then Allah said now he's saying it does apply again because once again people are making their own medicines. So I will say, uh, th- there's so much to say about the medicines piece. I put on, I put on more over here about a couple, uh, what I just will point out is something very interesting, which is I will say, first of all, even those who say contemporarily you can't take medicine on Shabbos would agree that potentially you could take medicine prophylactically. In other words, let's say I know I get headaches, I don't know, as a result of, uh, I don't know what a good example is here. Right, going to shul, right? Right. First of all, I'm the only person who's allowed to say they get headaches as a result of coming to Shaw. That doesn't apply to anyone else. Right? So, you know, so, so I don't know. Let, let's see. Let, so, so, you know, sometimes people get headache from wine. Right? So let's say again, I know that I get headaches. After, I don't mean that drink. I don't mean that person is a hangover. I mean, sometimes a person just gets a headache. So I know that. So there is a tzad to say that you could take your Advil prophylactically. Right? So the idea is because it could rather be that the xera of taking medicine is only to remedy an illness. But if you're not remedying an illness, then potentially the exer- So many posts can bring that down. This actually leads us to the next topic, which is gonna say is gonna be very important, which is what about vitamins? Can you take vitamins on Shabbos? So says, Shmir Shabbos Kilchosa says in number 51, You are not permitted to go out and take vitamins on Shabbos. O Shemen Dagim, or fish oil. On Shabbos, Afilim who Rogyola Kachtom, Mide Yom Biomo, Ella Imke Nuchola, Afshe Inbo Sakono. So Ella Bemakomo Shabahem Regil Lakachas Vitamin and Bechola Rucho, Yeshakim Kachtom Gambe Shabbos. So, so listen to this. So the Shmir Shabbos Kilchosa says, in reality, you shouldn't take vitamins on Shabbos, because he says vitamins fall under the category of Rafua on Shabbos. He does give an interesting hete where he says, if you take vitamins every day as part of your meal, together with your meals, let's say every meal you take vitamin C, whereas the vitamin essentially is a meal supplement, so that's how it's used in Alavila, a meal supplement, you could do that on Shabbos because that's not called Rafua, that's called a meal supplement. So both say, Rav Moshe in number 52 says a little bit differently. Rav Moshe writes, he says, V'imkein, so we'll say, listen to this. Rav Moshe says, vitamins are mutter. Now why are vitamins mutter? See, he says something very interesting. He says, because the only thing that was, so we'll say, this is actually a little bit of a hakira. Do vitamins cure illness? No. What's the role of vitamins? Right? Preventative. Or really, uh, to sustain, a supplement, right? See, I, I can't eat 72 oranges a day, right? So what I'm just going to do is I'm going to take vitamins. So in other words, vitamins, or Moshe says, often come instead of food. Or maybe I don't eat as healthy as I should. So the vitamin represents the healthy foods I should be eating. So again, it's really a vitamin is viewed in halacha, as a meal supplement. That's why even Mishmir Shabbos Kilchus, who said you shouldn't really pop a vitamin pill, says if you eat vitamins as part of your food, as part of your meal, you're allowed to continue to take vitamins as well. Rav Moshe says it's even simpler. It's even simpler. Because at the end of the day, the gzera of refuah is about things that heal you from illness. Vitamins don't heal you from illness and therefore they were never included 
in the prohibition of refuah on Shabbos. Now, why is this important? They will say, take a look, skip a little bit for just a moment to page what's on your, in your source, page 15 over here. So Rav Shechter, I want to share with you this, we're going to conclude with this, but Rav Shechter adds in one more piece over here about Rafua on Shabbos. Look what he writes. Vihine. We're just going to do some of this. We're not going to do, we're not going to do all of it even. He says, Vihine. Hatanam asur Rafua b'Shabbos labari. Good. That ultimately, again, as we saw, you're not allowed to engage in medicinal healing on Shabbos for someone who just has a mech, what we call a mechosh ba'alma, a little illness. He says, why somebody may come to grind herbs. But there are some great people who will posit, says, here's the machlokas. Some want to say that the gzir no longer applies. Why? Because like we said before, grinding herbs is no longer an issue. Others say, no, no, no. It's a davr minion. Once Chazal instituted it, the only way to take it off the books is how? Is how? A rabbinic body of greater number and wisdom. Okay, so if Shakti, listen to what he writes. He says, so let me tell you this outside. Rav Shechter says two things. He says, first of all, see, everybody thinks that the Gzeira of Shrika Samemonim, this is incredible, the Gzeira of Shrika Samemonim, I'm sorry, the Gzeira of Rafua is just about grinding herbs. But he says, the truth is, the Gzeira against Rafua, the prohibition to engage in medicinal healing on Shabbos, is actually a very bold and in rabbinic enactment, why? If Shechter posits, it undermines a biblical obligation. What's the biblical obligation on Shabbos? Oneg Shabbos, to enjoy Shabbos. Nothing takes you from your enjoyment on Shabbos like sitting there with a headache. And even though I can get up and I can, I can do what I'm supposed to do, person has a persistent headache, it totally undermines and erodes my Oneg Shabbos. And yet Chazal said, even though you're going to lose out on your own ex Shabbos, nevertheless, you can't take medicine. We're afraid you're going to grind it. Look what he says. He says, paragraph B. Really, the concept of not taking medicine on Shabbos by definition uproots biblical law. For there is a mitzvah of enjoyment on Shabbos. Remember again, going back to last week's share, when the rabbis make a halacha that uproots biblical law or that goes, that clashes, what do they have to do? What do they have to do? They have to give a reason. Oh, okay. So I will say, once I know this, then what? What happened? What just happened? What just happened? The entire conversation changed. Because remember again, the whole point was we were approaching this gezera of, ta- of the prohibition of taking medicine as a typical rabbinic prohibition that included a reason. And we were measuring the contemporary application of this law by that metric. So it's a rabbinic law. It has a reason. Reason no longer applies. And therefore what? Therefore, again, the law falls off. Now Rav Shekta says, mm, it's, not, it's not really that case, right? This is a case of a rabbinic law that contravenes a biblical law, right? Onik Shabbos. And therefore the rabbis have to give a reason. And because they have to give a reason, this is a different kind of rabbinic So what is this comparable to? 
Right? I'm sorry? It's, this is how we ended off last week. This is similar to the case of ultimately that we don't take shofar, or we don't go, don't blow shofar, or we don't take lulav and esrog, or we don't read the Megillah on Shabbos, lest you come to go ahead and carry it Dalramas, where Chazal had to give a reason because they were bumping up against biblical law. In those cases, even when the reason falls away, what happens? What happens? The halacha still remains. Salah still remains. And he goes on, he says, skip a little bit, he says, furthermore, look at paragraph D. So that's, that's argument number one, which is why the Gzera of Srika Samimanim, or they say the Gzera of Fua, will still apply today, even though the reason for the this is why understanding the mechanics of how these things work begins to kind of allow us to understand why certain Dine Dirabanans stay on the books, even when the reasons are no longer valid, and why sometimes they just simply fall off. So now we understand we're dealing with a Dine Dirabanan that contravenes a biblical law, a biblical obligation of Oneg Shabbos. The rabbis have to give a reason, because you can't contradict biblical law without giving a reason. But it's not a typical rabbinic law that has a reason. Once the reason is void, the law falls off. It's, we see Abba say, really, it's almost as if Chazal didn't give a reason for the prohibition of Rafuan Shabbos. They're just compelled to give a reason because it contradicts biblical law. But even though the reason falls off, the halacha, the law will still remain on the books. He says something else, paragraph Dalit. So listen to this. Furthermore, of Shachter says, there's another interesting idea over here about yet you have, you have, you have opinions who say you can't take vitamins on Shabbos. Right? There are opinions who say that you can't take vitamins on Shabbos. So what does that mean? That clearly, again, he says, so interesting, Rav Shechter says, furthermore, just the nature of the prohibition of Rafua and Shabbos is a multidimensional prohibition. Sometimes it undermines Oneg Shabbos, sometimes it doesn't, right? For if I can't take my vitamins, is my Oneg Shabbos undermined? No. If I can't take an Advil and I have a headache, is my Oneg Shabbos undermined? Absolutely. So he goes on, he says, He goes on and essentially he explains that really the Gzera Srika Samamonim is almost in a stand-alone type of category. That ultimately, again, there's another piece, by the way, to the Gzera Srika Samamonim, which I didn't mention, but I'll mention now. Which is part of the reason the rabbis, the rabbis went ahead and prohibited you from taking medicine on Shabbos is because what were they concerned about? So in other words, William said, what's the concern of taking medicine on Shabbos? What's the concern? Grind. Right? You may grind. The reason why that concern is acute is because people often don't think clearly when they are in a state of physical distress. So in other words, I'm not feeling well. So because I'm not feeling well, I might forget or I might not realize that it's Shabbos, or I might realize that it's Shabbos, but I'm just not thinking clearly. And in that state of confusion, I may come to go ahead and grind, grind, grind medicine. That's also the part of... So if Shechter points out, that really only applies in a situation where a person is ill. It wouldn't apply in a situation of vitamins. Yet we still see that vitamins are usr, at least according to many opinions. So we'll say, what do you begin to see, says Rav Shakti? You begin to see 
that the gzeira the prohibition of taking medicine on Shabbos, is a multi-layered, right, multi-tentacled halacha. Part of it we understand. Part of it Chazal revealed their reasoning for. And, but there might be other parts that Chazal did not play their hand for. And therefore, Rav Schechter suggests that even if you want to posit that the schika saman and the grinding of the herbs aspect doesn't apply, there are still, number one, number one, the fact that they gave a reason doesn't automatically mean that if the reason falls off, the halacha falls off also, since it contravenes a biblical law. And number two, it's quite possible that there were additional motivations for Chazal making this gzeira that they did not share with us. For as manifest in the prohibition against taking vitamins. And as a result of that, even if the reason of Sikha Samamanim falls away, ultimately again the halacha would still stay on the book. So both say, therefore, if we bring this all together, what comes out? So what comes out is something really fascinating. So here's what we know. First of all, both say, in general, if a person has medication that they need, Take it, right? Or, or ask a question about it. Don't, don't be machmir on, medi- on not taking medication, at least without asking a shayla. That, that's for sure. But we're focusing much more in the realm of what we'll call physical discomfort. Physical discomfort. So what am I allowed to do in the realm of physical discomfort? So remember again, let's go through this. So we'll say, let's start. What am I allowed to do in the, in the realm of physical discomfort? What can I do? What can I do? Right, meditate, right? Good, what else? No, I can't do something. What can I do? Remember, I'm, I'm, I have a sore throat. What could I do? Right? I could drink tea. I could drink tea. I, but one sec. I'm sorry? Can you put sugar in tea? Why can't you put sugar in tea? Oh, okay. So you're asking a different, okay. So you're asking a different Ocho Shabbos question. The answer, simple answer is yes. Simple. Correct. Yes, yes. Because why? Because remember, that's all called food. That, that's, that's the beauty of it. I'll tell you what you can't do on Shabbos for a sore throat. What can't you do? Right, squeezing that, well, good. Well, maybe you could squeeze a lemon, right? If you squeeze it onto sugar, right? That you could do, right? What you can't do is gargle with salt water, right? Or any type of gargling, right? Because gargling, right? No, I don't, I don't think regular people gargle with salt water. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I don't get out much. It could be that people do that, right? But, right? But, let me see, because there's the difference. Drinking tea, drinking tea is just, even though, again, why am I drinking tea? Why am I drinking tea? For my sore throat, it's clear that I'm doing it to soothe my throat, but that's okay because contextually, all it looks like is that I'm just drinking a cup of tea. People drink tea, you know, all the time. So that would be fine. What can't I do? What can't I do for Mechel Shvama for discomfort? Right? I can't take medicine. Let, now let's go through this. Shukhanar says I can't take medicine. Right? We saw again. Shukhanar uh, said I can't take medicine. Rabbi Salavechik said I can't take medicine. All under ostensibly the prohibition of because taking medicine is prohibited because of Xera Srika Samamanim. The Tzitzel Yazir, what was his position? As a purist, what was his position? I should be able to take medicine. Should be able to because the Xera Srika Samamanim no longer applies. I, but home remedies, homeopathic medicine, that ruined it, right? That ruined it because people do engage in home remedies and therefore again, once again, the Xera Srika Samamanim is actually back on the books. So again, comes along Rav Schechter, and Rav Schechter dissects this a little bit more. And he says, I think everyone is only looking at this prohibition through one dimension. Everyone's looking at this as a simple rabbinic prohibition for which the rabbis gave a reason. And then you're only analyzing the question of, does the reason apply or not apply? But Rav Schechter says, it's actually much more complex than that. Because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, this is not a simple rabbinic prohibition. This is a rabbinic prohibition that's what? That's what? that uproots biblical law, where the rabbis are compelled to give a reason. Because of that, even if the reason falls off, 
the prohibition may still apply. Not only that, but the fact that there is a whole school of poskim that say that vitamins are usher under the prohibition of under the prohibition of of, of, of refua, even though vitamins are so dramatically different, indicates to us that there may be additional layers to this prohibition which Chazal did not divulge to us. Therefore, Rav Shachter says, and this is under this is Rabbi Soloveitchik's position, that halach alamaisa the gzera of shika samemanim the gzera of refua still applies today, and therefore halach alamaisa taking medication for what we call a mechosh ba'alma for discomfort would be prohibited on Shabbos. Now, of course, again, if a person knows what the discomfort is going to be, to take that medicine prophylactically, ultimately would seem to be mutter according to many poskim, because again, taking medicine prophylactically is not really what Chazal outlawed when they spoke about Samanim. Yeah? Because th- those are still things that are refuah. It's a low plug. Anytime Chazal go ahead and make a halacha, once you say refuah is asr, by the way, th- that's, why, that's why there's a machlokas in the Gemara. I have fever. Can I go into a body of cold water? Going into a body of cold water has nothing to do with grinding either. Once they made the gzera of refuah because of grinding, it covers all medicinal healing. Even, even medicinal healing that has nothing to do with grinding. All right, we'll stop over here for today. I apologize that we didn't get to the additional topics, but I mean, what's, the next, uh, what's the next legal holiday? President's Day? Martin, when is that? I'm saying people have work, no? President, maybe President's Weekend? All right, or maybe just Stamas Sunday. All right, thank you, everyone. A good night of Shabbos.